we fade in on a helicopter shot of Niagara Falls. And then we depart across Lake Ontario and up the St. Lawrence River. The river twines northeast from the lake, dividing the state of New York from the province of Ontario. And in this river, now coming into view, is the archipelago Thousand Island Park. Island after island pass by underneath us until we reach a pretty large island named Brindlewood Bay. We come into the Crescent Harbor and see an old-style town, very popular in the Gilded Age, and now sort of a tourist destination. It is early spring, there is a chill in the air, and now we're going to check on some of the residents of Brindlewood Bay. Hi, I'm Mary Stack. I'm playing Georgie Sullivan, born and raised Brindle Bayan, who owns the local yarn store, Knitwit Haven. She just wants to spread the love of knitting and solve crime with her friends. Georgie, what are you up to this afternoon? Well, I have a very regular schedule that I follow every day. You know, I'm a business owner here, and I know a lot of the island's residents. So I always start my morning, and I wake up quite early to bake a batch of muffins or scones or cookies or some kind of goodies. While those are cooling, I dress myself for a brisk walk outside. Of course, I'm always wearing some sort of hand-knit cardigan or sweater. Once my goods are baked, I take them out the front door, lock the shop behind me, and I visit some of my students who have grown up and settled down in the Brindlewood Bay area. Always headed back to the shop by 9 to open the doors at 10 a.m. sharp, where I relax and knit and wait for customers to help assist any knitting or yarn or fiber craft. And at some point in the day, I'll wander off to find my friends at the local bookstore. I'm Willow Wilson. I'm playing Renette Bollinger, a retired costume designer with as much sass as she has exes. You can recognize her from a mile away by her sequined blazers, big cat eye glasses, and very projecting voice. Renette, where are you this afternoon? Well, right now, um, this afternoon, I'm probably in my home, which also doubles as my little workshop. Um, I've probably got a, a client here for a consultation. I might be taking her measurements, um, just asking her about fabric choices, uh, filling orders for my Etsy shop, making sure everything is going to the right places, and also, um, you know, finishing up some more corsets, doing some more sewing, some embellishment. I've gotten into embroidery a little bit recently, just a little tad to give it a little extra spice. You know, um, just really helping uh, boost everyone's confidence with um, with my gift to the world. <laughs> I'm Holland Lane Curtis, and I'll be playing Birdie, our blue-haired cool grandma. She's a music lover, a former groupie, and she is the town menace. Birdie, where are you? Well, I usually start my day uh, by going to the coffee shop named... Um, Coffee, or coffee, depending on how you pronounce it. I always order the same thing, um, but unfortunately, uh, as usual, they don't have my blueberry scone in, so I try not to make too much of a fuss, but I, I can't help but be disappointed. I keep telling them that blueberry scone is, is exactly what the customer wants, so the customer should have what they want, of course. So, yes, I argue a little bit with Rowan, the manager there. I really don't know why she's a manager. She she should not have that job. Um, until I make my way out, I go to the post office to see if any of the records that I have uh, ordered have come in yet. Um, some of the fancier records, not the ones that I can find around the town. Sometime around brunch, I will send an email to my husband telling him that I hate him, just reminding him that. Um, sorry, ex-husband. It's been 12 years. But uh, after that, I'll make my way to the pier, enjoy a little time to myself. I'll call my daughter. We'll talk on the phone for an hour or two. Um, and then I will, as you say, FaceTime my son. It, it is to see his uh, children because I don't 
particularly want to see him. Um, but his children are very cute and they love me, which understandable. Um, so I will do that. And if I have more time, then I'll possibly go uh, and get a drink at the Siren um, before it's time for book club. Okay, they're not listening. This is Roll to Metal, an actual play campaign based on the tabletop role-playing game Brindlewood Bay by Jason Cordova. Bertie, Renette, and Georgie don't know what they're in for, but I can let you in on a secret. These ladies are about to encounter a series of peculiar murders. At first, it may seem that they will solve the murder of the week and move on, but that is not what is about to happen. As they meddle about various crime scenes from time to time, they will discover a different kind of clue. A clue that will lead them towards a darker conspiracy. But you don't need to worry about that for now. We will just follow their antics and remember these happier times in the future. If you would like to help, consider writing a review, sharing a link, telling a friend, or visiting us at actualstorypodcasting.com. Okay? Let's go. Four o'clock is when you have talked about meeting up for your book club at Brindlewood Books on Memorial Park Boulevard Drive. Who usually arrives first for their for the book club meeting? Georgie. I'm right next door. Brindlewood Books is a fantastically curious building. Many years ago, rumor has it, a distant cousin of the Carnegies built this house. It started off very modest and then quickly grew out of hand with addition after addition, with no plan or big picture for what it would look like at the end. It is now three floors. It is sprawling. The third floor is where the owners live, and it is not unusual for someone to get lost in this bookstore. In fact, each room is a whole different section. So, Georgie, as you arrive, what is the thing that you really find interesting about the appearance of this building. I mean, aside from the fact you've just described my dream bookstore, I would add that what, what I find very interesting about this building is how each room and addition has a mural on the wall depicting a different scene. And it's they're so intricate and interesting. It's almost as though every time you go and look at it, it's a different painting you're on your way up the steps to this big wraparound porch it's filled with uh rocking chairs and little checkers tables it's a little bit before four o'clock so the sun is still up it's starting to go on its way down but you have a little more time before it's officially night one of the other members of your book club arrives pretty quickly behind you before you're inside who arrives next I think um, Bertie would purposefully be last every time. Cool. Yes. And <laughs> all right. Then Renette can be in the middle. Yeah, Renette arrives next. Georgie, you catch out of the corner of your eye that Renette has pulled into this cul-de-sac and is pulling into the parking lot. You just had to walk across from where you live to get here. Oh, my God. It's so good to see you, Georgie. It's so good to see you. Yeah, all right. Seems uh, our third is late as is as she is wont to do. Let, let, let's go on up. I, I this, this blazer isn't very uh, insulated. That sounds perfect to me. All right. As you open the door, it rattles a little bit and the bell rings. And you enter into what at one point was the main entryway for this private residence so there's a large staircase and the owners ellen and gert have put the the checkout in this entryway so you walk in past the register gert is behind the counter 
kind of crouched below the counter, and you can hear grumbling as things get shuffled around, as books get clumped and reclumped and stacked on top of each other. And Gert looks up through red glasses, sees that it's the two of you, kind of nods, and goes back below the counter. Got similar glasses. <laughs> always bright colored, always big giant cat eye. Your room, the the mystery room, is on the second floor. It's sort of around the corner and down a little hallway, but the hallway doesn't really seem to go anywhere. Anyway, there is a little area off to the left that they've sort of turned into a cafe. Probably go up to the room. I mean, that cafe, not not so great. And it even it, it never even had any gluten-free options. So nothing for me anyway. So I'll I'll keep my distance from it. Yeah, up to the room. Um, you know, get our, our spots, sit in our places. It's a pretty grand staircase. And every time you go up here, you can feel the age of this building. Uh, right at the top of the stairs, there's a very nice easy chair beside a coffee table. And there's a man with his hat down over his eyes, looking very much asleep. And as you go down the hallway and around the corner to mystery, the door to mystery is closed. And usually what that means is that when it's closed, something is going on in there, like a meeting, like a book club, something like that, that sort of indicates that the people in there shouldn't be disturbed. Now, you are a little bit early, though usually there isn't anything going on before you get here. I'm just going to pretty loudly say, oh, my God, are we that early? I mean, we booked the space. I was worried we were somehow horribly late. And listen to see if there's any response from inside. You hear nothing inside. And on the door, there is the calendar with your book club written under the time. I'm going to knock. Knock, knock. We booked the space. There's no immediate response inside the room. Although as you say that, out of another room comes an unfortunately familiar face. Uh, you recognize right away former member of your book club, Flossie. So she hears you right away. She recognizes your voice. And she sticks her head out from down the hall and says, oh, no, no, he's still in there. I was trying to go in there, but Nicholas beat me. He got in there. He's been in there for almost an hour now. We're on the schedule. So, I mean, it's, I guess as soon as it hits four o'clock, I'm, I'm barging in no matter what, so... Hmm. It's just the way it works. Schedules are important. Your little group is still meeting, I see. Yes. Hmm. That's fine. Um, as long as you're enjoying yourselves. And Flossie goes back into uh, the craft room. Craft books. There's a craft any... book room? <laughs> is she wearing anything cool? I want to compliment her. Yeah, she's, well, she's dressed the way that she usually dresses. She has a very heavy thick sweater but her hair is just sort of uh is sort of uh put up with some chopsticks i love that sweater by the way very uh i don't know anglo-saxon not quite just you know the thickness of the wool you know oh just from another time thank you thank you she looks down sort of smooths it says robin gave this to me the last time i saw her oh so sweet yeah i mean you know she based amanda delacourt on me when I was younger. You remember that, right? So when I see Robin from time to time, she usually gives me gifts as a thank you for basically giving her her career as a writer. I've, I've heard, I've heard. Mm. That's so lovely. What a lovely sentiment. Yeah. And she sort of just turns, walks back into the room. You, you know, you know, the actress from, from Convertites, uh, she, she owes her Oscar nomination to me. No one remembers the name anyway. I can't even remember. But the, the girl who played Vittoria. From in the other room, she says, I didn't see that. Because you got no class. <laughs> why did she? Why, I'm, I am whispering to Renette. Why did, why did she stop coming to book club? What happened there? I don't remember. Who can remember? <laughs> who can remember? Bertie, you're, uh, you're pulling in. It's just before four, so you're not quite as late as you wanted to be. What do you look forward to about these book club meetings? Obviously, Robin Masterson is uh, a dear inspiration of mine. I like to think that 
Perhaps if she'd met me, we'd be muses for one another, you know? But I, I very much enjoy spending my time talking about the mysteries that she puts out. She's quite clever, quite eloquent. Um, again, I, I feel like we would be confidants, you know? Uh, I feel like she and I would be on the same wavelength if we ever met one another. So I, I enjoy talking about her books and what's in it. And I suppose I have found friends in what were they, what, what are their names? Um, Georgina and Renette, Ronette, Renette, it's Renette. Um, they're good friends. I definitely remember their names all the time. Great friends. We talk about a lot. The bell on the door rings when you enter. And there is Gert behind the counter talking to, oh, you've seen this boy a few times. Uh, he looks like he might be 16, probably still in high school. He's always wearing these over-the-ear headphones that are this bright green color. Hacky. He's in his own world a lot of the time. Uh, and you walk in uh, during a conversation where Gert is sort of leaning on the counter and saying, you go into the back and just get a new box. Just get another box and bring it out and put them on the shelves. And the boy says, I, I don't know where they, I just, don't, I don't know where they go. I don't know what rooms they go in. And Gert, you've seen this expression um, on their face before. There is just this exasperation. You wanted to work in a bookstore. You said you like to read. I, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. It's not that, it's not that hard. She, she sort of turns away from him and motions back over her, uh, their shoulder and says, just go get a box, put them away. Birdie, is it still windy out? It's always windy, but it doesn't bother me. I hate it. I hate it. I hate the wind. It's the worst part of living here. Well, you know, it could be downpouring all the time. Well, that'll be next week. You're right. I did forget about that. But at least it's only wind and not wind and rain right now, right? <sighs> right now. It's something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Ellen's not here. Did you want me to make you tea? Do you need tea or, or anything? No, no, okay. I'm good. Uh, thank you. Thank you, though. Very kind of you. Always so kind. You offer every single time. And I say no every time, but it's very kind of you to offer. Uh, your friends are upstairs already. So how are things working out with that, um, you know, green ears over there? Oh, Pickles? He's fine. Pickles? Yes. Is that a given name or one um, chosen by uh, Pickles? Who knows? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. He came right. in. He said his name is Pickles. I don't. Okay. All right. I, you know, as far as names go, could be worse. Could, could it? be relish. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be worse. Maybe I'll call myself Mustard. Huh. I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> Gert doesn't really react much to you changing your name to Mustard. But you go. You go up the stairs. At the top of the staircase, there is a, a man with a hat pulled down over his eyes. Very still. In this, uh, in this easy chair, you can hear Ronette and Georgie talking just down and around the corner. Do I hear Flossie? Um, you might just have missed her. They're probably still just responding okay. to her presence, sort of in hushed tones. Is the um, person with the hat in the chair, is he cute? He seems to have the hat pulled down over his face. If you want to sort of stop and try to interact in some way, you certainly can. Is there a chair like across from him or anything? There is a step stool uh, nearby to get to some of the higher shelves. Great. I pull the step stool over um, and I pull my hair out of its half ponytail um, so you can really see all the blue streaks. And I sit on the step stool and I say to myself, I've got time. Um, do you come here often? There doesn't seem to be much response from this man. He seems to maybe be asleep. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm no stranger to falling asleep in a wonderful bookstore like this. Um, but I don't think I've seen you around before. What's your name, stranger? And he does stir. His hands go up, pull the hat up from his eyes. Oh, great, you're not dead. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and his eyes are wide open. And maybe now that he's pulled his hat up, 
you do recognize him. I don't know how well you know him. A man in his 60s who's a local. He spends a lot of his time by the pier. Do you know a lot of the people around here? Do you know everybody's name? Oh, I think I do. I don't know everyone's name, but I know their faces. I think I uh, purposefully or not forget a lot of people's names. You might actually remember his name, or maybe it's the kind of name that you wish you could remember better. Okwaho is one of the uh, the local uh, Mohawks. Most of the Iroquois peoples moved out of here long ago, but there are still some in the area that uh, lay claim legally to a lot of the land. And there are often court battles about who owns some of these islands. And he is part of that organization. And so he pulls his hat up. His eyes are wide, not necessarily the eyes of someone who was just recently woken up. But he looks at you, doesn't really nod much. Birdie. Did you come for the book club? No, this is just a, it's just a quiet corner where he can just sleep a little. He starts to pull the hat back down over his eyes. All right, I, I, I understand. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Have a great day, Aquaho. I will see you later. Maybe I'll see you around. Um, bye. And the hat is back down over his face <laughs> and his hands rest over his belly. Uh, yeah, I imagine like as he's like slowly lowering it, I'm like, okay, then we're, I'll see you. Okay, all right, okay. With my conquest um, unsuccessful, I guess I'll make my way to book club. <laughs> yeah. And as you turn the hall, uh, turn the corner into the hallway, you see your, your co-book club members waiting outside the closed door to the mystery room. Darlings, I'm so sorry I'm late. Uh, is it exactly like four o'clock yet? It is right about four o'clock. Yes. All right, then I'm, I'm opening the door. Really? Because my clock says it's 4.02. No, I'm you're so going on sorry. Time. <laughs> really, I, you know, I was I was worried about. I checked the time a bit. Um, who's in our room? I don't know. Nick, uh, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Runa, as you open the door, heading into the room, there is a man face down on the floor. Hello. We booked the space. You all right? You know, I'm all for book binding, but not for book bending. You good. And he does that, not You move. know, that joke, that joke didn't quite land. I was talking about like going on a bender, you know, like a book I, bender. Oh, and then you because were, you're surrounded by books and then yeah, it's a book I thought you, you were trying binding. to make a reference to um, that, that, that cartoon, um, Avatar. No, I don't oh watch God. cartoons. My, one childish. of my husband's his kids loved that. Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt, ladies, but uh, if, he's, if he's face down on the floor and not responsive... Oh, I do that all the time. Are we worried? Is this like an interpretive dance rehearsal? I understand. He might be meditating. We don't know. Nick? (laughs) (laughs) Starting to get a little bit concerned. I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little concerned. Uh, Maybe we should. To be fair, who would want to get blackout drunk in a bookstore? I mean... Well, look, don't touch anything. Maybe we should alert Ellen and or Gert. Gert is here. Um, Does there look like there's any blood anywhere? Or I don't know, but I, you know, I've read enough murder mystery and listened to enough true crime podcasts. Don't touch anything. <laughs> but do we see anything? This might be a time for a move. Um, oh, oh, there are, there are oh. day moves and there are meddling moves. If you're going to do something risky or face something you fear, you might do a day move. Uh, if you're I, going to search for some information, you might meddle. I think I want to do a meddling move. I, I want to step into the room, but like stay off to the side. So if there is any like evidence, Georgie wouldn't, like she's real tuned into like, oh, what if there's friends? I don't want to stir anything up. So she wants to just look around the room with her knowledge of how that room normally looks um, and her extensive uh, watching of forensic files and book reading. Like, does anything look disturbed or out of place or um, just wrong? And I think she's using 
reason. So that is 2d6 plus my reason, 9. You have stepped into the room a little bit away from your friends and have started to look around. Bertie and Ronette, are you fully inside the room? Are you like partially in the hallway? I think um, Ronnie would honestly kind of just see it, make a decision, and then just uh, run out like, oh my God, God, I think this guy needs an ambulance, just making a big fuss about it. Maybe maybe she made the decision to be dramatic a little sooner than than one would hope. Yeah, she's going to be dramatic about it. Okay, so you've taken off into the hallway, started making some noise. Yes, yes. Bertie, where are you? Honestly, I think I'm kind of in the middle of it. Um, I haven't touched anything yet, but I desperately want to. Bertie, don't touch anything. If you have to poke at something, this needle is sterile. You just walk around with you have a to, like, sterile touch a needle. Yeah. Specifically <laughs> sterile needle. She wipes it with the like glasses wipes. <laughs> It's safe, I promise. Yeah, it's totally fine. I think that Bernie would definitely take this. I feel like it's just an interesting way to poke things. So I I think that (laughs) she'd be much more likely to do that than to like use her own manicured nails. Um, Never getting that knitting needle back. No. (laughs) Once you're done with it, you're not going to want it back. (laughs) (laughs) So at some point, we can can resolve... um, Georgie is meddling first, but I think that Bertie would also want to try and meddle, but with vitality, because she's using dexterity to move the knitting needle, the anything around with the knitting needle. So you've started to circle the room just a little bit, Georgie, and you start to smell something very much like vinegar. And maybe you pause and you look very thoughtful trying to figure out where this smell is coming from. Bertie, in the doorway to the room, you hear steps in the hallway behind you, and then a voice saying, oh, that's right, you're in this club too. And that is Flossie. Flossie, great to see you. Wow, you have aged so much since I last saw you. Like, do you have any skin treatments you do? Because you're just... You are really going for the natural look. It's, wow. Gracious as always. Well, some of us just have more important things to do, I think. And she starts to sort of push by you and then stops and looks in the doorway and sees the scene. What did you do to Nick? What did, we just got here. We opened the door and found him like this. Please. No one God, Flossie, come on. You can't blame everything on us. I know that you don't want any of your own problems, but seriously, you can't blame everyone else for everything. So, Ronette, you've gotten to the top of the stairs. Do you, and, uh, and Gert has heard you and is looking up towards the second floor and says, what are you, what is it? What's, what are you saying? Dead. <laughs> my god nick is dead i don't even know who nick is but apparently he's dead and then gert comes up the stairs like rather quickly yeah um uh, we just found him in there i i would like to just let you know it seems that flossie was the last one to see him alive i'm just saying but anyway moving on um yeah we went in uh normally there's no one in there when we uh go in for book club but that that was it was it was you know closed and and then we opened it up at four o'clock exactly, you know, not going to intrude on anyone else's time. And then he's just in there face down. And I I, I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure he's dead. We need to get an ambulance or something. Gert pushes past, looks into the room, sees the scene, and starts to run back downstairs and says, no one touch anything. No one touch anything. No one touch anything. No one touch anything. <laughs> Does it count if we're using knitting needles? Is it sterile? <laughs> yes. I think that yeah, I think that's a that, that I feel like a, I read that somewhere in yeah, one, of, I think um, it's one of Robin's books. I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh you hear a voice say, Some of us are trying to sleep around here. Well, somebody's sleeping a lot better than you, so you better come quick. This man is dead. Well, we don't know if he's dead. He's definitely laying on the floor and possibly not breathing. 
Flossie pushes by you into the room and says, for goodness sake, we just have to, he's probably just sleeping. Nick. We just said don't touch anything. And she's ignoring you and she's kneeling down. Oh, Flossie. She's going to take a kick out of the club. You're just trying to, to have an excuse for having your DNA on him. Okwaho is now looking very annoyed that he is up and walking around and walking in your direction down the hallway and saying, what's the racket about? Well, what you- possibly someone's dead. Well, people die every day. But not, not in a bookstore. Not, not in bookstores. Bookstores are notoriously safe spaces. Nothing Probably. Here is safe. And he looks, he looks in and past the two of you. Oh, he, huh. I mean, he just kind of nods a little. He Do looks... you know who he was? Oops. Who he is? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's just unconscious. We don't know for sure. I think God's calling an ambulance. No, that's, that's Nicholas. He owns uh, Nick's Snacks Antique Store. Oh my God. I love that store. Oh, oh my God. No, I'm not a fan of his. Oh, why? Oh. Why? He runs an what? antique store. Mm, yes, and many of those artifacts are not his to sell. They don't belong to him. They belong to... Oh. They are artifacts of uh, of an unjust war, and they are not his to sell. Looks like someone else felt the same way about him. And he crosses Honestly, his arms. And also from the hallway comes someone else. A young girl of about 17 with uh, ear-length blonde hair. And I'm not sure if any of you have seen her before, but she doesn't say anything. It's maybe she, it looks like she's sort of gravitating towards the the noise here in the bookstore. Georgie, inside the room, you've identified this odor as vinegar-like. Everyone seems to be talking about other things. You see Flossie on the ground looking like she's pushing on Nicholas's face to see if he's alive or not. Are you doing anything while you're in this room? I think I'm going to see if I can find this, like the source of the smell. Like if I get to a part part of the room, does it feel like, does it smell stronger or do I see any like moisture or anything? Roll the meddling move again for clarification on the clue you found. 11. Okay. So that's a good success to really zero in on where this vinegar smell is coming from, you kind of have to take your attention off of Flossie for a moment. This room is floor-to-ceiling bookshelves. There's the uh, the entrance door, uh, and then there's also another door opposite it that is also closed. You know that that goes out into another hallway that goes somewhere. There might I think there's a bathroom down there, maybe. You follow the smell, towards one of the bookshelves and it feels like it's coming from somewhere on this bookshelf. Though as you glance up and down, you don't immediately see anything that looks like a bowl of vinegar. I make my way back to uh, Bertie and Renette. Do you smell that vinegar smell? Do you smell that? Is it chloroform? (laughs) Does it smell like chloroform to you? Oh, no, I've never smelled it. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was it? What was that you were talking about? There's a, a weird odor of a vinegar-esque smell in this room that, unless I'm misremembering book club, it rarely, never, if ever, have I ever smelled vinegar. And now we have a potentially deceased Nicholas in the room and the smell of vinegar, which seems to be emanating from that bookshelf over there. It just feels very curious. And I was wondering if you are smelling the same. Am I having a stroke? Do you smell this also? Do you smell toast too? <laughs> toast and vinegar? Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> so this <It> does not. <laughs> it seems to be a pretty loud conversation. Uh, like it, it, this young girl who's coming around the corner is now hearing you talking about vinegar and Okwaho starts to like sniff as well. He looks confused as though he does not smell vinegar. And I would say that uh, Ronette in the hallway, having not been in the room, you do not smell vinegar in the hallway. Okay. Bertie, you're sort of like in the room, but not fully in the room. 
maybe you've not quite caught it yet, but if you if you make it a goal, you could probably search it out. Bossy, I'm sorry to interrupt your contaminating of the crime scene, but do you smell vinegar? Oh, who can smell anything over his cologne? Gosh, Nicholas, get up. And she's sort of pushing on his shoulders. He's just, he's probably just sleeping. I'm going to grab her. I'm going to try to grab her and <laughs> make her not touch the evidence. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna help with that actually. Yeah. Um, is it your vitality? Yeah, you have yeah. vitality, but I yes, mean, Renette I, is always gonna gonna be on get in there to help. You know, I've been in quite a few mosh pits in my day, so I think I can handle it. Flossie um, is quite honestly, she looks like she's made of floss, so I think I can handle this. This might be the day move. Because you're doing okay. something kind of risky. Ooh. I was going to say, I, I've probably been watching her like a hawk mm-hmm. since she like pushed her way in past me. Yeah. And if, if, if that's okay, I don't, I don't want to like steal your, steal no, your you're thunder. Good. You were, you were closer to her anyway. You're closer yeah. into the room. So I was yeah. hoping to make a move with vitality anyway. So this will work. Yeah. You got this. <laughs> okay. Describe what you are up to. I'm definitely trying to pull her back, probably starting with like on her forearms or her wrists because her hands need to stop touching this man. She's, yeah, I'm just trying to get her like out of his vicinity because we don't know if this is contamination. She's already touched him a bunch, um, you know, like on his face and stuff. And I don't want her to contaminate it any further. And also I kind of hate her. That is an eight. You move to intercept. <laughs> and to uh, to stop her from fiddling with this body that you're pretty sure is deceased, that is no more. As you start to grab her, in the back of your mind, you hear this little voice that starts to say, she always seemed like the kind of person who would punch back. And you get the sense that if you if you really try to pull her, there might be some sort of advancing of the physical altercation. Hmm. Birdie doesn't back down. So you grab her, <laughs> and immediately she screams. Oh my God, you're so dramatic. Let go. Get Let back. go of me. Are you Stop. kidding me? What are you Seriously? doing to me? What are you doing? You look and, like a fool. And she is thrashing about, and she is thrashing about, and her elbow uh, connects with your cheek. A sudden spike of pain through your cheekbone. Oh, I just got this cheek done. Oquaho has like uncrossed his arms and is like watching very intently and is not moving. The, the young girl in the hallway hearing this screaming and fighting, uh, her eyes open really wide and she sort of pushes by to watch through the doorway. And then a man arrives from down around another hallway, looking very confused, also following the sounds. Uh, you recognize this guy. This is Liam. He's one of the, the horticulturalists here in Brindlewood Bay. And the reason why you would all at least recognize Liam is because one of the primary areas that he cares for is this, uh, this park on this cul-de-sac. And he just looks very confused. Does he have the good weed? Have you asked? Absolutely. Yes, he does. Incredible. <laughs> he's, he's my guy. Uh, Don't worry, I've got this. He knows how to make anything green. Incredible. Uh, Liam is a lifesaver, Really? Uh, so he is coming up the hallway, uh, not from the staircase, but from where the arts and crafts hallway was. And you can also hear more footsteps from the grand hallway. So it seems like maybe this fighting here is loud enough so that everyone in this building can hear it. Can I step in? Can I try to use a uh, move to just get everyone's attention and get them all to calm the fuck down? Mm-hmm. Yes. Calm down. Oh my God, you guys, you're just causing such a fuss. You're going to get everything all messed up. Everybody calm down and back away from the body. Probably just day move. Yeah, It's the wall move. You heard her. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's a 12. Is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know how to project from your time in the theater. Mm -hmm. And your voice feels like it fills this entire bookstore. <laughs> like when it's time for you to project, you can project. 
and everybody stops. And it it would have taken something special to get Flossie to stop this, and that was pretty special. So she sort of jerks her arms out of you, out of your hands, Bertie, gives you a dirty look, says, "I am talking to my lawyer about you. That was assault." What? That was Are assault. Are you kidding? And everybody here saw it. I was trying to help Nicholas. Oh, and what is this? What is this? That was me defending myself. I'll talk to my, my son is a lawyer. How many sons do you have? Um, more than you. I doubt that. Well, how many do you have? I don't even remember because you're that unimportant to my life. Oh, and another man joins you in the hallway. <laughs> uh, son battle. <laughs> Uh, this man looks like he's about 50. Who's still in the hallway? Yeah, come to the doorway to make sure my my voice is heard by all, especially mm-hmm. those in the room. Yeah, uh, another man that you don't recognize, uh, looks like he might be in his 50s, uh, walks up to the, the young girl, stands beside her and sort of leans in and says, well, what's, uh, what are they doing? And the girl sort of shrugs and says, I don't know. I think someone's dead. Oh, what? They might look like a father and daughter run at. You also hear a voice calling from a distance away, maybe from downstairs, saying, I know that voice. And you recognize this voice as well, because this is Jesse Chestnut, who is the president of the Brindlewood Bay Community Players. Mm. Gert rushes back up the stairs and says, I called the police. I called the police. No one touched the body. No one touched the body. Well, Flossie already did. Yeah, too late. Flossie has decided to investigate herself and has incriminated herself even further. And I was- never read a Robin Masterson novel. Like, not even one. I thought you two were best friends. I think she'd be ashamed of of you. Bertie assaulted me, assaulted me, and everyone here- Look at this bruise. I was defending myself against this brute. Well, Flossie here was- Flossie here was assaulting- Nick over there. Uh, you were. I was just trying to, I was to, not, with the I was trying to help him. I don't, I'm not even convinced that he's dead. I think he's asleep. Well, back off. <laughs> <laughs> and Gert says, okay, everyone downstairs in the cafe. Everyone just downstairs in the cafe. The police will be here any moment. We all have to wait. They said that no one should leave. Everyone should just wait in the cafe. Well, are we going to get free coffee or not? Billy, Betty, you don't want the coffee here. Oh, no. We still have some from this morning. Yes, you can have... have, Never mind. It's fine. It's fine. Want it. You don't want it. It's not good. It's it's worse stale. (laughs) It's like McDonald's. It gets worse the colder it gets. Mm. It seems like the father-daughter in the hallway start to just nod. Okay, yeah, we'll go downstairs. And Liam says, downstairs, sure. Uh... Jessie never really came upstairs. It sounds like she's still down there. Mm-hmm. Flossie leaves in a huff. I feel like we need to leave someone, someone we trust, or a pair of people who can keep each other in check, watching the body. Because someone, I mean, I don't trust Flossie, obviously. She could, she could be sneaking off somewhere and trying to tamper with the evidence while no one else is here. I wouldn't mind taking a peek in the craft room myself, uh, yeah. seeing as Flossie was there, popped out, told us told us that Nick was in that room, disappeared, mm-hmm. popped out again. Like, I don't know, do a little look-see in there real quick, but then we can kind of hang out on the stairs to guard the room. You don't have to wait here. If everyone goes downstairs, no one will be disrupting anything. No one will destroy any evidence. I don't know. We don't even know. We should, I'll just you close own the door. a bookstore. Have you never read a mystery book before? That is exactly when someone comes to tamper with the evidence more than Flossie already has. Why don't I? Uh, I'll just stay, keep keep an eye out and um, uh, blond, blondie girl, you can you can stay with me. I don't know you. You can keep me in check. Uh, they were sort of walking away, but she stops and looks back to you, and looks up to the man, and he sort of shrugs. If you if you want to stay with the body, you can stay with the body. She kind of has a sour look on her face. Stay with the body? Just just stay near the room. Oh. You don't have to look at the body. Just I won't be going anywhere near it. I just need to make sure no one else is going near it. Mm, okay. Wonderful. 
You're a very brave girl. Mm. Is, that, is that all right with you, Gert? <sighs> fine, fine. Everyone else downstairs. Everyone else downstairs. Wonderful. Stomps off down the hallway and turns towards the staircase. I'm just saying, I don't want to be anywhere near Flossie. If she's an evidence tamperer. Yeah, you two They're the worst sort of people. But they really are. I say that as loudly as I can. I echo it back. (laughs) Okwaho is still there, and he sort of looks to you, and I've met a lot of horrible people. She's on the list. Honestly, and her voice is so grating. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, honestly, does she ever stop talking? This continues for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely oh, who to else is on your list? And who would you put in the same category as Nick? <laughs> you, you talk at him for a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he eventually stops acknowledging and turns to leave. And um, Oh, see you later. Bye. I'm staying in the doorway. I'm going to let Blondie uh, sit, I don't know, maybe in a chair, like not in the room, but, you know, within view of me so she knows I'm not going into tamper evidence. I'm just peeking in into the room to make sure no one else is coming in. She slowly drags the footstool from around the corner. You can hear it. She's not picking it up and carrying it. She's just dragging it along the wooden floor Mm -hmm. so that she just gets to the hallway at the end and stops and sits. So she's still some distance away from you and the door to the mystery room. Cool. What's your name, kid? Emily. I'm Renette. She takes out her phone. <laughs> That's fine. Just and bends her head and just starts typing. Yeah, just make sure you can verify that I didn't go in there. I'm just keeping an eye out. Her phone goes. Oh, I, I go downstairs with um, Birdie. But we didn't have to go in the cafe. We just had to stay downstairs and off that main staircase it looks like gert is trying to usher everyone into the cafe uh there's only one there's one entrance but it's pretty big uh you know so it's it's a well-lit room there is the uh the impression that at some point someone had grand ambitions for this room and then perhaps someone realized that they don't want people walking through a bookstore with food so then they they silence the ambitions but they still call it a cafe and everyone that we saw in the bookstore so far, aside from um, Okwaho and Emma and Renette, are in the in that area. Gert is still in the main entry room, uh, with a with a view of all the hallways and the staircase. Uh, you see this uh, the man who looked like uh, Emma's father. Flossie is sitting in the far corner of the cafe with a cup of coffee. She seems, she's giving the impression that she thinks it's completely fine coffee. Shitty coffee um, or a shitty person? <laughs> right. I'm going to text uh, Renette. I'm assuming that all of my friends have <laughs> cell phones <laughs> to take a picture, to take a picture of the inside of the mystery room to like take a couple of pictures. I am going to, I want to take a, a selfie with birdie in a way that I come we have to get all the angles and all the lights so I can get pictures of all the people who are at the bookstore so that I can look at I have to be on the right I'm going to be on the right that's perfect that's absolutely perfect okay can you get okay yes make sure you get the the bruise on my jaw yeah oh evidence 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 it is evidence 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 of my assault Yes, yes, that is one of the reasons I'm taking these photos. <laughs> yes, but still make sure it's flattering. I, I want to get yeah. a good oh, yeah. neck Wait. in there. Wait, sorry, over here, just angle, chin down. Yeah, there chin you go. Down. <laughs> chin yes, down. perfect. Okay, but chin down on the other side because I definitely still yeah, want to get both. the bruise in there that Flossie gave me after she tampered with evidence. Yes. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> and you're trying to just... Get everyone right. You're trying yeah, to get yeah, yeah. Okay, but like, and it's all because we're taking pictures together. I'm taking pictures of Birdie. You know, I don't get it until halfway through. Yeah, <laughs> I've been told you put these on Instagram. <laughs> I'll tag you. <laughs> tag me with 
what? I'll show you. One of my former students taught me how. It's great. She opens and shows her. It's all like horror, like not great photos. This is why Calliope runs our social media. <laughs> uh, you notice that Jessie, who you've not seen yet, now you see her. She's all spread out over one of these tables with lots of notebooks. And there are some scripts in front of her. It looks like she's been camped here for a while taking notes. Uh, her head is still down. And she's still writing in a legal pad. Okwaho comes down after a bit, uh, goes over to look at the tea and coffee station and doesn't touch anything. Yeah, I like motion to him and I, I do like a sort of expression to kind of clue him in. Yeah, he, yeah, he, uh, he knows that this is not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. This is not the tea you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Liam is also in here. So that is who you've got. Mm-hmm. That is who you've I, got. I would love to move over to Liam. Um, first and foremost, be like, Liam, darling, um, you don't happen to, um, you know. As you've gotten closer to him, he starts to look a little edgy. And like he sort of tenses a little bit and looks around serendipitously with his eyes. He's sort of like, is anyone looking? Is anyone looking? Oh, yes. Mm, mm, yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Go. Yeah, go ahead. How's the plant business? Fine. It's fine. A busy time of year. It's spring. Uh, you know, everything, everything's mm. coming up in the spring. Everything's oh, yes. I know busy. I keep you busy. So you, you have any on you? Or? Any, um, I'm sorry, what? Do I have what? Plants. Plants. You know, the, the packets oh. of plant seeds that I buy from you. Oh, my God. Liam, it's like you've never done this before. Come on. <laughs> We, well, I somebody's dead. My, I need I need no. to chill out, okay, man. Uh, I, I'm I, you know, I, all my all my uh, my things are out in the truck. Uh, no, I, I mean I don't <laughs> I don't I don't carry plants around in a bookstore. That's I don't know. You're crazy, Bertie. You know, you're not the first man to tell me that, and you won't be the last. But um, Liam, is everything all right? Everything's fine. I just don't carry plants around in bookstores that's a silly question isn't that he looks over at jesse who's not paying attention <laughs> that's that looks silly that's yes it's very i don't know why you would that's ridiculous okay. two questions <laughs> first of all is weed illegal where we are yes great okay that answers that question second <laughs> because i was like is he being suspicious because he's a suspect or is he being suspicious because i'm literally talking about this out loud um Okay. Is there something that I can, I guess, meddle? Um, because he, he seems like a little, a little like uh, loosey-goosey. Yeah. So are you actively searching for a clue, conducting research, or otherwise gathering information? I think gathering information. And I do think that at the start of it, it is about her getting a little, you know, smoking a little dube. But... Um, <laughs> But I think it ends up to more of a like, okay, why is he acting so squirrely? Why does he keep saying, no, I don't bring plants into bookstores like that? Did he poison him? Things like that. So just trying to like get some info. Presence, I guess. Uh, mm, That's a seven. It occurs to you that maybe he doesn't want to be talking about pot out in public in the bookstore with a bunch of people. I mean, I don't get it, but um, to each their own. So, how, I mean, how have you been, Ferdy? Oh, you know, I've been great. A um, little anxious lately, but um, usually I have some, uh, you know, some of my medications to help with that. <laughs> um, how about you, Liam? I've been fine. Uh, things are fine. You know, it's, it's spring. Everything's growing. Everything's green. You get it's, a lot of allergies? No, I have no allergies. I mean, that would be, that'd be pretty rough if I... If I had allergies, if you had a, allergies and you as a horticulturist, as a horticulturist yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be not great. <laughs> well, that's that's great. See, I get the worst allergies uh, in the spring. It just stuffs my nose up, and it's just awful. Um, you don't happen to have any like solutions to that as a horticulturalist, do you? And he kind of freezes for a moment. Just some thoughts, oh, because uh, you know you've been around plants all the time, and like pollen and all that. Would you recommend like? You know, like a Benadryl or... Oh, yeah, Benadryl. Yes, Benadryl would be... Uh, is a good place to start, I suppose. Okay, um, a good start. Where would you go next? 
if you have allergies, a doctor? That is, um, that is a logical response. All right. Um, you're doing all right, Liam. This whole, I, look, I, I know that as, as a, a connoisseur of mysteries, um, I know that for me, I'm not quite as intimidated by the prospect of death um, or, or crime. Um, but you don't seem to be doing so well. Are you okay? Are you feeling a little, um, I don't know, you're acting a little suspicious. <laughs> Just wondering what that is. Am I acting suspicious? I don't know. That's uh, that's uh, oh, I, I, you're I don't not know. part of the community players, are you? I am. I didn't think so. No, I've seen them. I've seen. Um, oh, I saw the Crucible when they did the Crucible. Great. Well, you, you know, Liam, you're not a great actor, is what I was saying. That's that's what I was oh. saying to you. Yeah. Uh, and Jesse looks up and says, "Did you like it? Did you like the Crucible? Did you like it?" Oh, just, it was a resounding success, Jesse. Good. You liked it? You thought, did you, did you feel like it looked realistic? It felt like I was there. It really did. Mm-hmm. I could feel the fire from the stage. Just incredible. She points at you with her pencil. It is the least successful set design we have had since I have been here. But I'm glad you didn't notice. Really? I, I will never be, ha- I'd never, never be happy with that. Oh, well, you know how a perfectionist is. You're never going to be happy. That's just an artist's life. It could have been great. It could have been great. If only, never mind. She puts her head back down, starts writing oh, again. All right, all right, Jesse. You you do you. If only what? Great, what, what stood in the way of the perfect set design? <sighs> she taps her pencil on the notepad, notepad again and again and again. All right, it's not a it's not a secret. It's not a secret. <sighs> Nicholas promised us the use of many of the items in his store, and then he backed out at the last minute, and we had to scramble around and find a number of furnishings that were not period accurate. It was horrible. It was horrible. He That's was horrifying. He's such that an untrustworthy awful. man. Awful. He seems to not be a fan favorite around these parts. He, he's certainly no patron of the arts. He pretends to be. I don't know. All the time, he's out there talking about uh, theater this and music that as though he's some cornerstone of this community, and he is not. When push comes to shove, I am not a fan of his. It doesn't sound like he has much of a fan club, as it were. So Seems to be the Klossy's the only one who's, who's into him. <laughs> and uh, honestly, that speaks for itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, clearly. No, we, we must be impartial. We're, you know, we're, we're detectives right now. <laughs> we're detecting. Jesse wants to talk more about the crucible. Bertie, your attention is, is like, well, this was not the conversation I wanted to have. But when your attention goes back over to Liam, you see that he is sort of fiddling with a brown shoelace. Not in his shoe. No, in his hands. Is he wearing brown shoes? He is wearing work boots that have shoelaces in them. Huh. Okay. That is a clue. Yeah, I wrote it down. Can I um, act like I've dropped a contact and drop to my knees and look at everyone to make sure that they have all their shoelaces? Yes. From here, you can see that everyone does have the appropriate shoelaces. Interesting. We can go back upstairs. You could text that up to to Renette, and she could just... Take a peek, see if some a certain body is missing a shoelace. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I do think it also comes with another like paragraph of how idiotic Flossie is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, obviously, and you know, dissertation. In kind. Yeah, and then like the last sentence is like, "Oh, by the way, Liam was playing with a shoelace that wasn't his." Brown? Question mark? Question mark? Noted. Okay, it's a group thread, and I've sent one of our selfies. <laughs> Your thumb is covering half of it. Yeah. It's just birdie. <laughs> you can see, Ronette, that Nicholas does have both of his shoelaces. All right, I'll text that back to back to the group thread. He might even be wearing loafers that don't have laces. Noted. God, another strike against him. <laughs> loafers. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna. You know, stand guard at the at the doorway. Um, you know, making sure no one's 
coming in for Winnie's secret entrances. Also, uh, probably trying to make conversation with uh, Emma. Does she, Leah. does she have both of her shoelaces? Does wait, she? wait, I know this one. Wait, no, she's probably wearing toms. All the kids that wear in toms these it's, days. That's a good point. Oh wait, no, but my my uh, my daughter knows this. You're supposed to say like. Um, I like your shoelaces. And then they say, thanks, I stole it from the president or something like that. It's like some like internet thing. It's a website thing. They'll get it. They'll get it. Trust that me. That checks out. I'm not going to use it, but I believe you. No, it'll make you sound super cool. Hey, Emily. <laughs> Emma. Emma. Yeah, what, what, what brings you to the bookstore today? Probably weren't expecting any of this. Uh, day trip. Hmm. You going to college sometime soon? Getting books for that? No, I'm high school. Just, oh. a, just a day trip. Oh. What you thinking about studying in college? If, you, if you're going to college. I didn't. She sighs. Turns the phone over on her knee. I don't, I don't know. I don't know yet. You know, that's fine. You know, you sometimes just got to take your time and let, uh, let the universe tell, tell you what it needs you to do. Mm-hmm. I I did uh, I do costuming and sewing. You ever see that that movie Convertites and uh, from the 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 nineties Baz Luhrmann? She goes back to her phone. Oh. No, no, I don't know that. Oh. Well, it was real high budget, and I did all the I did all the costumes for that. What kind of phone is that? Is that a thing people ask? I say to no one. <laughs> it is around that time. <laughs> You just hear in the silence, it's just like... <laughs> and everybody hears the uh, the bell on the door, and uh, Deputy Fern arrives. You all know Deputy Fern, because she's 12 years old, and she's about 5'5". Five five. Except it's really just that she looks like she's 12, and she denies that she's 5'5". Five five. She has very thick heels on every everything she wears on her feet. So she comes in. And uh, the two of you upstairs can hear that she's in. She says, Gert, what happened? What? There's a, there's a body? And Gert says, yeah, I think, I think maybe Nick Fairbanks is, he might be dead. He might be dead upstairs. Oh, geez. And you can hear her stomping upstairs. Oh, thank God you're here. I've been making sure no one's going into there, and I've got I've got Emma, little Miss Miss Emma here to to verify that I haven't gone into Tampa with evidence. I will have you know, Flossie down there, she was getting all up in this business. She's tampered. I don't trust her. I'm just letting you know. She was also, as far as I can tell, she was the last one to see him alive. But anyway, I'll just let you get to your work. But you haven't been in the room though, right? You you haven't been in the room. Several of us here. Uh, several. Of us have uh, we uh, oh, when we open the door to get to book club. Yeah, sorry, oh. kid. I mean, Flossie kind of just ran in, pushed past everyone, and decided to mess with the with the evidence. I again, I don't trust her. Um, but yeah, a few of us uh, were in the in the room for a short amount of time, just not tampering. Except you know, Flossie, she was tampering but i'll let you get to your work i am sure it's fine uh emma little miss emma let's uh let's return downstairs i'll get you back to your father yeah um yeah both of you downstairs please and she walks back down the hallway gert gert can you make sure no one leaves don't don't no one can leave i have to oh i have to talk to everybody no one's allowed to leave uh and she walks back down the hallway and goes in to look to the to, to the mystery room yeah, I'll return down or I'll go downstairs to where everyone is and also make sure no one leaves. Oh, speaking of, where's Pickle? Where is Pickles? Gert looks around. He's probably in the back. Hold on. Um, as long as no one leaves, you can continue shopping. Thank you for joining us for The Bookstore of Murder, Part 1. Join us next week for the thrilling conclusion. <laughs> Roll the Metal is a production of actualstorypodcasting.com. We have a few other shows over there that you might want to check out, if you like this one. My name is Jonah Knight. 
and thank you for listening. 